Hi there, this is Dan Murphy, and you're listening to the Don't Change Much podcast. Drex is a popular radio host in the Vancouver market, morning show personality that up until late fall of 2022 was just living his life. Was it a healthy life? Not necessarily, but he didn't care, even with the family history of heart disease. But on November the 18th, everything changed. He suffered a major heart attack. And from that point on, changes in his lifestyle were not only warranted, but much needed. Here is his story. All right, many of you will recognize the voice of our next guest. He is a Jack FM morning show host, entertainer, social commentator, Drex. And Drex is, I don't want to say he's the poster boy for the Don't Change Much movement, but when you hear his story, you're going to understand totally why we have him on. Drex, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Great to have you tell your story. So I'm, I'm going to start right at the life moment. November 18th, yeah. 2022, you had just, ironically, completed an interview about preventative health with the president and CEO of the Canadian Men's Health Foundation. Tell us what happened after that as your day progressed. Um, I'll say that part of the discussion with, with Mr. Carling was that men of my age, which is you know guys over, over 30 into their 40s and 50s, don't take their health seriously. Uh, and we had a chat on the radio about that. And I was like, wow, that's, that's fascinating how many men don't take their health seriously. I'm fine, though. Within six hours, I almost died. I had a massive heart attack at my house and was rushed to hospital. So it turned out to be quite the day. I'll say that. I don't want to wax over that. So you suffer the heart attack. How did you get to hospital? Who did you contact and how did you get the care? Uh, so I, I'll set the scene for you. It's about 5.45 in the afternoon. You know, I've been up since three o'clock. I'm hungry. So I'm, I'm eating dinner, watching some television news in my living room. And my, my chest started to feel like it was kind of burning across my pec muscles. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought, oh, maybe I just ate too fast. And then I felt like I needed to do a bowel movement. So I went to the bathroom and nothing happened. And then I felt like I needed to vomit. Nothing happened. And I thought, oh, maybe it's the food. Maybe if I have a lie down, I'll feel better in a few minutes. So I, I went to my bed and, and laid down on my bed. And usually my dog will jump up on the bed with me. But he stood at the side of the bed and just kind of tilted his head, looked at me kind of strangely, like something wasn't quite right. And that's when it kind of started hitting me, where it started to get really tight um, and my arms hurt all down my arms. My, my legs were kind of tingling. And I don't know if you guys or maybe any of the listening audience has ever, ever done this in their youth of stupidity. You know, when you drink too much and you can get blackout drunk and you get to the point where you're hyperventilating and your fingers start to seize up because you're not getting enough sort of blood in your oxygen because you're not, you're not breathing slowly enough. Well, that's what happened to me is my, my fingers started to seize up. So I was kind of panicking a little bit. So I, I called my husband, who is an RMT. He would have known what to do straight away, but he wasn't answering his phone. So I, I called my friend Jody Vance, who you know, she's one of the, one of the faces of your campaigns. So Jody's like, hang up this phone immediately and call 911. So I called 911. Had to look after my dog, put him in a different room, locked the cat up, literally unlocked the front door of my house, opened the door and told the 911 operator that I'm just to come in when they get here, like when whoever arrives. 
So probably about 12 minutes after I called 911 and they're on the phone with me, talking me through, you know, maybe lay down a bit, try and breathe a little bit slower. You know, they're talking me through this. Then the, uh, the firefighters show up first, obviously, as, as with most emergencies in Canada. And they, they understand that I'm, I'm probably having a heart attack. And, you know, they got me a little bit of oxygen. Then the ambulance shows up. So the, uh, the ambulance shows up and then they get me on a gurney into the back of the, uh, the ambulance. So with, within 25 minutes of me arriving at the hospital to getting my first stent in my now blocked artery, it was about 25 minutes. So mm-hmm. once, they, once they ascertained that I was actually having a heart attack, I was kind of delirious, to be honest with you, because there was a lot going on. But they took a look at me and could tell immediately that I had a 100% blockage and an 80% blockage. So the key was to get that 100% blockage open first. So I was in the operating room, like I said, within 25 minutes, and they were putting a stent up through the artery of my right wrist into my heart. And while you were going through this, you said you were delirious. So did you know what was going on? Did the firefighters tell you what probably was happening? Yeah, the firefighters were pretty straight up with me saying, you know what, from what you're telling us, it sounds like you're having a heart attack. But they can't confirm those things. I saw the defib. They brought it in with them just in case they needed it. My heart didn't stop at any time. But they knew. Because I'd also said to the 911 person that I was probably having a heart attack as well. Which is, which is really fascinating because I've actually had the same feeling before about 10 years ago when I lived in Kelowna. And I maintain that maybe I actually have already had a heart attack and this was possibly my second one. So the procedures are done. You are resting and recovering, and now you're coming to the grips, coming to grips with the fact that you had a heart attack. And if you couldn't have got someone like Jody on the phone giving you direction, maybe this could have had a different outcome. It could have had a different outcome. Absolutely. I'm pretty good at bouncing thing off, things off Jody. We've been friends for a few years now, and she's helped me through a lot. So I always, you know, she's the, my sober second thought as, as many people probably have a friend like that. I think I probably would have called 911 eventually, yeah. but to have someone just basically, you know, cause when, when I get on the phone with Jody, we just start chatting. Cause you know, we're just catching up from our last conversation where she is just immediately hang up this phone and call 911 immediately. And I think that was the kick in the pants I needed to not faff around and call a bunch of different people is to just call for help straight away. Because yeah. the problem is with most men is they have, oh, I'll be fine. Give it half an hour. I'll be fine. I'm not, I don't need to call emergency. I don't need to call 911. Whether it's because you don't like going to the hospital or because you don't want to get the $80 bill <laughs> for the ambulance ride there, you just got to you just got to make that phone call, right? Manage your stress, not the other way around. For simple ways to improve your mental health, check out the free MindFit toolkit from the Canadian Men's Health Foundation complete a self-assessment, access virtual counseling, and learn more about how anxiety, stress, or depression might be impacting your health. Go to menshealthfoundation.ca and access the MindFit Toolkit to start improving your mental wellness today. We're going to get to the what's happened since, but I want to ask you, like, how do you feel now? Um, it's, a, it's a process. I feel extremely tired. And the hours I work, Jack, probably don't help the situation. The fact that I'm up at three o'clock in the morning, 
um, and then on on air until ten. I kind of get back to the house by around midday or so if I've if I've had other stuff to do, and I just I just feel exhausted. I feel like I just need to crawl into bed and sleep, and it wouldn't be a nap. I just I just want to sleep for long periods of time. And you know, my husband said to me, "You need to go out and like as soon as the show's done, you need to go on a walk. You need to walk a few k's." Because I've got to get at least seven to eight Ks in per day mm-hmm. in my steps now, which is something I never used to do. And when they when they diagnosed you, were there any other arteries in danger? Apart from the two I told you, which is the 80% blockage and the 100% blockage, there was two 50s and a 60. So they've got me on a barrage of different drugs to try and help that. Obviously, I've changed my diet. But yeah, it's 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 fascinating to see it on a diagram in front of you going... This one's buggered, this one's buggered, and these three are on their way to being buggered, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I had the first stent the day I got there, but four days later, they put in the second stent. So now I have two stents in my heart, keeping my arteries open. So you mentioned Kelowna, which could have been a warning sign that at the time, since you were okay, you just glossed over. I, I don't know. Did you give it any second thought after it happened? Well, after it happened, I went to the hospital and did, I did a heart check. I forced myself to go and do that. And they said that there was nothing wrong with me, but it was the exact same feeling and pain and sensation. And I guess I didn't, I guess I didn't push it. I guess I should have pushed it. Yeah. Wouldn't have been interesting if I had it confirmed or not that it was. So I don't know when the last time you saw a doctor, I guess with that information, you only saw a doctor when you had to, right? There wasn't yearly checkups. No, there saying. wasn't yearly checkups. It wasn't until I moved to uh, Vancouver back in early 2013 that I eventually got a family doctor. And obviously he's, he's, he's on top of all of this. And my friend is actually my cardiologist. So when you first saw this, your new family doctor, when you moved to Vancouver, the first, one of the first questions are going to ask any heart disease history in your family. What's your answer? Well, the answer is yes, absolutely. Both my grandmother and my dad have both have heart problems. My grandmother is, she passed a couple of years ago at the start of the pandemic, but my dad actually had a massive heart attack in June of last year and ended up having a triple bypass, and I flew home to Australia for that. So it's kind of fascinating that my dad has a massive heart attack the same year I have a massive heart attack. He's needed a much more work, though, because his heart was so damaged. So prior to your heart attack, did you think you were living an active lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle, or did you just think, I'm 42, 43 years old, you know, I've got time to work this out, Surely nothing can be that wrong with me at this point in my life. It was absolutely the latter. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think a lot of young men sort of get into their 20s and think they're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. You know, some are, you know, sportsmen, some are athletes. So they're, you know, they're looking at how their bodies work from a very young age. But for regular people that aren't athletic on a consistent basis, it's not something we really think about. You know, when you, when you, when you play sport as a younger person and then into your adult life, you know what fuels your body. You know how to listen to your body properly if you've learned that. For just most regular folks, I think they're, I think they just try and live their lives and go, oh, it's fine if I just ignore it for a little bit longer. It'll fix itself. But I think hindsight told me that there probably was some health issues. I just wasn't paying attention to them. Yeah, I'm 50 two now, but I've been lucky to have a sister who's a, a doctor, emergency doc. So whenever I thought something like, hey, I'm, I'm, this is happening. And yeah. she'd be like, nothing, this is happening. Okay, go see your doctor. So I've always had someone to bounce that off of. 
And she's always been so on top of our father about everything that I know that I'm never going to get away with, like just ignoring stuff. And if I do, then my wife will rat on me to my sister to where I have to go see a doctor. So I've got balances and checks in place just from family. So you knew that you probably weren't living the most healthy lifestyle before this. So just tell us a little bit about diet or exercise routines, or you've already kind of mentioned sleep routines are all messed up because of your job. Yeah, you know, bad sleep routines, probably not a great diet on a daily basis, uh, probably not active enough or definitely not active enough. I, I wasn't, I've never been a mover. I've always been a somewhat a sedentary guy, right? You know, I like watching a lot of TV, like watching movies, listening to music and just sort of hanging out at my house. I think this was the, this was the kick in the pants that I think most of us need to go, no, 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 you've actually, you've actually got to move more. Like moving, yeah. moving from the couch to the kitchen isn't moving, right? Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the getting out and breathing that fresh air or getting on a treadmill or jumping on a bike or something like that, right? So it's just, it's getting that body moving. And it's just something I never did. It was nothing I had to do when I was a kid. Like I didn't really play any sports when I was a kid at all. So there wasn't that push from my parents to get active or get out there or do anything. Cause you know, my dad was, a, my dad's a pretty sedentary guy too. And I guess I am my father's son. Mind you, I would say he's probably been a little bit more stubborn about his aftercare. You know, he's a 70-year-old dude, and it's pretty hard to change the minds of 70-year-olds. But, you know, I'm pretty stubborn too for a 40-year-old, but I know that I now need to move on a daily basis. So I think for a lot of people listening, they're going to, what was your diet like? No one's perfect in their diet, but a a typical, a typical day for you on a work day, you know, did you you pack a lunch? What did you have? Like even before you worked? I can't believe you're even asking me this question. No one's <laughs> no one's asked me this question. This is really in-depth stuff. I'll I'll be completely honest with you. You know, up at three, through the McDonald's drive-through on the way to work, bacon and egg McMuffins, maybe a hash brown, maybe a nice coffee. That's every day. So I'm just you know right there. There's there's nearly two thousand calories before ten o'clock, right? But I'm not moving, right? So that so the calories are sitting and turning into fat. <laughs> so. Is that then at lunch, you know, maybe I'd whip across the street and get a burger from Jollibee, the great Filipino place. Or, you know, maybe I'd go for Chinese food or go for dim sum with friends in Richmond and just have a lot of things that had high fat or fried content in them. For dinner, maybe I'd have a salad. Um, you know, a friend of mine always said, always have a salad. So I got into the habit of a few years ago always having a salad. But what am I having the salad with? Is it like disgustingly deep fried or is it like a piece of steamed fish or you know, uh, some shrimp or something like that. So clearly was eating terrible and my body was suffering from it. Yeah. And now with the changes you've implemented. It's, and look, it's still a process. Like I, of course I look, I haven't eaten bacon since the heart attack, which (laughs) I got to say, it's, it's quite something not to eat bacon because bacon is, I don't, do you like bacon? I love bacon. Right. Exactly. You know, it's probably bad for you. Yeah, it is. You know, what's interesting is is uh, my friend Jody Vance once again comes into the picture here, where the week after my heart attack, she invited her to herself to my house, went to the grocery store first, and said, okay, I'm going to teach you about heart health and eating eating healthy and eating for nutrition. Because Jody is a, you know, not only is she a sports broadcaster, talk show host, she also is a Red Seal chef. Maybe you didn't know this. Uh, I knew, yeah. Right. And her partner, right. Exactly. Brian as well, her partner, also a chef. So she comes to my house. She pulls all, she rearranges my kitchen. She literally empties out my fridge of things I'm not allowed to have. She puts a bag of peanuts on the table and says, there are your snacks, no more M&Ms. 
So, and then she proceeds to cook me a bunch of different things that I can eat uh, when I'm hungry on the go. Cause I'm not a, I don't like to cook. So if I can prep a couple of times a week instead, man, the things I learned about beans and, and making my own dressings and using olive oil and cutting out butter and not eating red meat and having more fish and more poultry, no skin. Um, it's been quite something the last nine weeks. I'll say that. Berries and nuts and oh, seeds. I've, and I've, You know what? And this may be a little, little bit too much information for your audience, but you know, really good source of fiber and proteins, beans. And Canada actually is one of the biggest grower of pulses on the planet. Like dried beans, think of the prairies, you know, through the breadbasket of Ontario, we grow these things and we have them in cans and they're delicious. So you can buy them dry. And these are great. You can eat them as snacks. They're good for you. They got, they got good stuff in them. They're going to make you feel good. They're going to give you energy, but they are going to make you fart like crazy. <laughs> it's a byproduct of being healthy, I guess. It really is. And, and Jody said to text her, like, you know what? These beans are giving me a lot of gas and it's just very concerning because the dog is not happy. <laughs> she said to me, she goes, it'll subside over time, which it didn't, to be honest with you. So I've, now added more lentils to my diet instead of beans, also something that we have plenty of in this country. So lentils it is, less farts, more delicious. You said that this, this process, this is a process, it's ongoing, but with the change in diet and the heart healthy lifestyle in terms of nutrition, what are your energy levels like? How do you feel in the morning compared to before? How do you feel in the afternoon at night? I feel good. You know, once again, I feel tired. And I think that's something I've got to work on. So maybe it's more moving. We just got a, ourselves an exercise bike for, uh, for Christmas. So once I get the shoes that fit that, I'll, I'll try and be on there every day. You know, there's different things you can do on these bikes now that, you know, stop you from being bored. And it's just getting those legs moving, getting that heart rate up, whether it's outside, you know, in the sunshine or if it's raining, as it usually is on the West Coast, you know, doing something inside, doing some yoga, doing some stretching. It's just it's getting the heart rate up and getting that blood flowing is seems to be the important thing that I need to be doing right now. So would it be fair to say that the diet lifestyle change has been somewhat easier for you to maneuver at this point than the fitness lifestyle change? Um, I, yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I am a sedentary guy, like I said, but the food thing's easy. Cause I like exploring new flavors and, and different things that I can eat. So if I can find things that are super healthy for me to eat, I'll just, I'll be able to devour those. But the, I think the moving and exercise thing is going to be a bit of a journey for me because, you know, jo you know, my friend Jody goes on that walk every day up at the big forest near her house with her dogs. And it's a, it's a good seven Ks and she does not move slowly. Yeah. And I've done that walk with her a couple of times now. And that's, uh, it's good. You get a little breathless. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's good for you to get that heart rate up. So, you know, it's, it's just more of that getting out, walking, even if it's, you know, walking up to the end of the street and back, every little bit helps, right? Plus, you know, working in a radio station, you're walking around a lot. Well, I'll share something with you that this didn't happen too long ago at the start of the, my work season, which is October. I felt not great as, you know, just judging by how I usually felt. I was tired in the afternoon. I could fall asleep like within seconds for 20 minutes. And so I thought maybe it was long COVID. I didn't know what it was. And I went to see the doctor and he said it certainly could have been something viral causing it. And so we went through all the tests 
And the most part, things were normal. But right away, he said, okay, I'm going to put you on cholesterol medicine. And I'm like, mm. what? Like, I'm first off, I like exercise is a big part of my life. I like to get up. I, I've done it for a long time. I don't miss much. And my diet has always been, for the most part, good. It's tough when you're on the road to always eat right. But I've always been decent with diet. Now, do I have the maybe odd too many beer or a glass of wine on the road, that kind of stuff? So maybe that's what caused it. So right away, I was on, on cholesterol meds, just like that. Like no questions asked. And also I had to take, like my blood pressure was so high that he wanted me to buy a blood pressure monitor and monitor it day and night for two weeks to see what was going on. Now, for the most part, we believe it's hereditary, but you know, I just went in because I wasn't feeling great. And all of a sudden, not only am I on cholesterol meds, there's a good chance I could be on blood pressure meds in the next few weeks just because I wasn't feeling great. So that's the lesson of even though I was doing what I thought was everything was right, I still went and saw the doctor and I found out that, you know, within two years, because I did my life insurance two years ago and there was no flags, within two years, this has crept up. It's fascinating with the cholesterol and blood pressure because my cholesterol levels are actually pretty good, but I'm still on cholesterol medication. So it's, it's going to be, we're going to reassess this in a year or so with the 11, the 11 different pills I have to take every day. Some of them are like blood thinners, which is pretty dangerous stuff if you cut yourself, which I have already. Uh, but yeah, at least you did the right thing. You're like, oh, I kind of feel like crap. Maybe I talked to the doctor about this. Uh, and it because, wasn't even, it was, like, it was more like, I don't feel like myself. Mm, okay. Right? Like, That's what it was. It's like some, yeah, just, it's just not, this is not regular. Like after a week, I'm like, yeah, maybe it's just a week. And then it turned into a month. I'm like, okay, well, there's something's clearly not right. So who knows? Like it might not even be, that's not maybe what made me feel that way. It might've been some sort of virus I had been carrying, but yeah. that led to me discovering something else that, uh, that was wrong with me. And that's the thing too, is, is sometimes these things can be a process of elimination. You go, you have an initial question um, and they develop beyond that into seeing someone else who maybe is more, more specialist in how you're feeling. Right. So yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's like, I, I've got a journey to go. You've clearly got a journey to go forward on this as well. So it's, 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 it'll be interesting to see what's going on with you and, and, and what I look like in about a year from now as well. So on the days that you, I mean, you eat right and you do get the movement in on one of those seven K walks. How do you find your stress levels at the end of the night? And does it actually help you sleep if you've had exercise and fresh air? It does help me sleep if I have had exercise and fresh air. I, one of the first things I did as soon as I got back to, back to the house after the heart attack was I bought myself a Fitbit, like the cheapest one I could find, just because I wanted to uh, monitor my sleep and my heart rate and how many steps I was doing, right? It's just so I could have those all in one place. And I actually was surprised to learn about myself because I'd always thought that I was a terrible sleeper. I never thought that I slept long enough. In some cases, that was probably true. But I found within the first three weeks of being home after the heart attack that I was actually sleeping pretty well. I was averaging, you know, seven or so hours a night, which is pretty good compared to mm -hmm. what some people are getting. So I, you know, the sleep's important. The fresh air is important, but you know what stress levels? Here's what's really interesting is I, I can be a bit of a stress case with my job, right? And you know, it's, 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 you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want it to screw itself up. So I put a lot of, a lot of effort into the show with Bobby and Lena. And I, you know, I trust these people with my life, but sometimes it can be stressful, but I haven't had since I got back to work, I haven't had a stressful day. I haven't had a single stressful day. And do you put that on changes in your life or outlook or? I think the heart attack was somewhat of a reset. That's how it feels to me. It feels like it's a bit of a reset. It's like, you, dude, you got another chance. Don't screw this up. 
right? And and I Fair. and I you know I think having something so monumental like that happen, you tend to reassess things. It's no different to like a hockey player having a, a career-ending injury. They've got a lot of assessing to do. You know, what do I do next? What happens now? You know, do I you know do I get into the television business? Is can I do that from hockey? Right. It's it's the same thing with anybody. Is is you have like a, a life altering, a life changing event, and I think you stop and think for a bit about what if? Do I need to do something a little different? Do I do I need to do something that's going to be less stressful for me? So I think every everyone likely goes through that when something really bad happens. Well, we don't uh, want people to suffer this to, to make that change. But before November eighteenth, what would it have taken for you to make? some changes if like would you have made changes because you just saw what your dad go, gone through do you think you would have thought of that if your husband said to you listen we got to become more healthy is there anything that could have happened short of a heart attack that would have forced you to start making incremental changes to improve your physical well-being probably not yeah i think that's the honest answer probably not i think that was the wake-up call i needed it, you know even seeing my dad in that hospital bed in Australia, uh, just in agony after having his rib cage opened up so they could fix his heart, it still didn't occur to me, you know, you're of this guy, you're of this human, you likely have some of the exact same issues playing out. And I already had a few things going on with me that went on with my dad, which was like, you know, really bad heartburn and gastric reflux, which in hindsight was kind of a sign. No question. So why do you think so many men don't make it a priority? Don't try to be proactive and always end up being reactive. I think, you know, I, I was a teenager in the 90s and I think things in the 90s started to change where there was more discussions about men checking their health. You remember when Katie Couric on the NBC Today show after her husband Jay had died from colon cancer, uh, she went and did a, a colonoscopy live on television just to show people what it was so they can understand what it was and, and not to be scared of it. It's, you know, it's, it's sort of enter enterprise reporting like that that makes people stand up and pay attention. And I think that started to change for the better in the 90s because I think you'd probably agree with me that for the most part throughout our history as humans, men have been told to be tough, to walk it off. Uh, to not worry about it. You know, you've got other priorities. You've got to worry about your family first or, or whatever that may be for you, right? And I, and, I, and I feel that in the past, you know, 15, 20, 25 years, we've really started, you know, have these conversations, you know, you know, the Canadian Men's Health, you know, you know, you guys were once not a thing. It was set up because it was clearly needed. You know, the fact that you're doing a podcast where you talk about these sort of things, was, didn't exist 15, 20 years ago. Now it's a thing because it needs to be there. It needs to educate. So you mentioned Katie Couric and, and doing the colonoscopy. Now that you've sh shared your story and you've talked about this before this podcast, obviously, have people come to you and say, I've made changes? Has it helped someone else? It's, it's helped a bunch of people. Lal Butt, who is a radio DJ at Chome 97.7 in Montreal, had seen my post and then within 24 hours of seeing my post about my heart attack, started having odd chest pains. So he went to the hospital because I'm having really weird chest pains, don't know what's going on. He was having a heart attack. He had the exact same issues that I had and ended up getting a stent as well. In Rex Seidler, who's the morning editor at City News 1130 in Vancouver, had seen my post and had gone on a holiday 
it turns out he had blood clots and he didn't know what was going on with his body, right? So few people have actually said, yeah, I've gone and gotten a heart check because I saw what happened to you. And I've been telling people as well, because I've had a people, a lot of people stop me face to face and say, blah, 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 this, that, and the other, how you been? I'm like, by the way, if you next time you're with your family doctor, ask them to organize a heart check for you. It's just got to ask the question. Do you like being an advocate for it now? Oh my God, why not? Yeah, I like talking to people in general. So if I can, if I can take something from my personal experience and use it to encourage other people to do good for themselves, then why wouldn't I do that? And you know, you're a popular radio host. I'm sure there was a ton of reaction and much of it being, take care of yourself. We want you around. <laughs> We want to listen to you, you know? Yeah, I, I saw I saw a bunch of the, you know, we want you around. Can't wait to have you back on the radio. It was if I think there was some negativity as well. It doesn't go without saying that, you know, in the past six months or so, when you see people have heart attacks, the trolls on the internet will be first to oh, blame yeah. COVID for it, right? And the vaccine and, and all of that. And I just, it's just silly. I've got a family history. You know, this was this was likely going to happen. It's just that I didn't pay attention to it. So we asked this. Of all our guests, now that you've gone through this, what does don't change much mean to you? Change everything. <laughs> Ask the questions. It's a jumping off point. I think, you know, going back to men not listening to their bodies, I think that's the one takeaway I give people is, is just listen to your body. If it doesn't feel right, talk to somebody about it, right? The smallest thing. Like, you know, same with you. You weren't feeling well. You weren't feeling right. You couldn't put your finger on what it was, but you knew something wasn't going on correct to the way you usually feel. So you did something about it. And I think that's the takeaway is just ask the question. If you're not, if you don't feel good, talk to someone about it. So you feel like you have a new lease on life. I do. I do. And it's, and it's going to be a process for me to feel like I've completed what needs to happen. But you know, it's, it's like anything. It's just like learning a new skill. No question. Yeah. And I think for us are with the don't change much, if, if someone's living a lifestyle like you did prior, maybe skip the McDonald's drive through three times a week to start. Right. Oh, and then skip yeah. it four times a week. Yeah. Like just kind of make these changes to, to start moving in the right direction. Even if you've got no family history, yeah. even if you feel like you're doing most of the right things, just start making these little changes to get to where, where you need to be at some point. There's a great writer who works for the New York Times. His name's Charles Duhigg, and he wrote a book a few years ago about the power of habit and how to change habits. And he had this habit where, you know, he was on the 15th floor of the New York Times building in his office, and I think the cafeteria was down on the fifth floor. And he would catch the elevator down every day at three o'clock to get a large chocolate chip cookie. Every day he'd catch that elevator down 10 floors to get it. And he felt like he was getting a little doughy, a little bit softer around the middle. So he's like, well, hang on a second. I got to, I got to do something. And he did exactly what you said is he changed his habits. So instead of just catching the elevator down to get that cookie, he made himself walk down the 10 flights of stairs and then walk back up the 10 flights of stairs. And then he could have his cookie. I like it. Right. And it's simple, simple little changes. Yeah. No question. Drex, we really appreciate you coming on and, and opening up about what happened. We are so pleased to hear that you're on the mend and you're implementing the changes you need to get healthy and that you're here to tell your story to help others who may be going through something similar. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. For more helpful tips on improving your mental and physical health, please visit menshealthfoundation.ca and don'tchangemuch.ca. Thanks to everyone who listened and to those who have followed. If you haven't, hit the follow button. That way you'll never miss one of our podcasts and you'll be updated 
on future episodes.